All right, you can be seated. So this morning is one of those super happy, super sad things that goes on in the life of a church. You know by now that we're working to plant churches as the Lord would enable us to do that. One of those churches that is getting planted is in the city of Waltham. And so today, we as Seven Mile Melrose are going to celebrate and send. This is not unusual for Jesus' church. We just heard that from the earliest days, some would stay, some would go, but everyone would be on the same page in advancing the mission of God. So we've had Trevor and Mandy in the life of our church for years, and Clint and Andy deeply embedded in the life of our church for two years, and Jeremy and Liana embedded in the life of our church for a year. So this is stinky that we have to send them somewhere else to go serve Jesus and not gather with them. But they, along with Frank and some others, are a part of a team of people that is going to see a beautiful, gospel-centered, missional church get planted over there. And so today we get to rejoice with them. We're going to hear from them. That's the speaking that will be done today. One by one, they're going to just tell us about their enthusiasm for being a part of the mission of God and the work that the Lord is doing in their hearts as they are sent. Remember where we are, 2017 Greater Boston. We need you to not only be really good church members, but we need that desperately. But we also need you to be really good gospel missionaries with us. We are in the post-Christian West. Nobody's showing up for church anymore. We get to be the ones who live tight and move toward others with our super tight gospelness. And so these guys are doing that in one way, going to risk to plant over church over there. We get to do that right here, to take a bunch of risks and to live together for the good of the gospel here. So today we are hoping that as you hear what's going on with them, you would be encouraged about how am I embracing the community of the church and the mission of God in the life of the church. When they're done sharing, we're going to do what we just read in the book of Acts. We're going to stand together, lay hands on this team, and commission them to go and Godspeed as they go plant this church together starting in September. All right, so there's your frame. Uh, We're going to get their name up here. I'm sure they'll tell you anyway, but we're going to hear from these guys as they share with us. So listen, be encouraged, be instructed, and then be ready to pray with us. All right, Jeremy, you're up, brother. Good morning. So my wife, Leanna, and I are from Cape Cod. And before we were married, we had a dream to plant a church in our home area because we noticed the great need for churches. So we actually moved to Dallas where I gained theological training and we served at the Village Church. And our first Sunday there, or our first week there, we met Clint at a mission meeting and uh, heard that he wanted to plant a church in Massachusetts. So already in our first week in Dallas, things were starting to like go towards planting a church in Massachusetts, and that clicked with us. Um, after two years of serving with him um, as our home group's pastor, we watched his vision progress and just felt called to join him and uh, fulfill that part of our dream of coming back to Massachusetts and planting a church. Um, We landed here about a year ago, almost to the day, and we had not enough money, no uh, home to live in, 
Um, I needed two more jobs to support um, our family. We didn't know how we were going to find an apartment. Nobody was interested in renting to us. It took about two months uh, from then to get into Waltham, but God provided. And over this past year, it's been very difficult. We've had family members hospitalized. We've um, been broke. We've had unexpected expenses come up, all sorts of things thrown at us, relational troubles with family, um, you name it. But God has met us in those things, and he's provided for us. He's been with us. And uh, what I've learned most is just to trust him for his provision. Um, It's so easy to think that we can will these things into existence or that, you know, I can make this happen. But over those two months of having no home and living with in-laws, waiting and waiting, (laughs) uh, I just knew I had to wait on God. And um, that's probably one of the biggest things he's done in my life over this year. And the thing that I'm most excited about is that we have a church in Waltham that is new, that wasn't there before. And there are skeptics who are getting their, an- their questions answered. There are Christians who are finding a church home where they couldn't find one before. And there are seekers who are finding Jesus uh, among our people and through conversation and finding a people who are welcoming gospel-centered, and who love our city. So that's what I'm most excited about for this year and looking forward to serving as ministry coordinator for this year and helping to build up our ministries and uh, love the city of Waltham. Thanks. Hi. um, He pretty much covered everything, and I hope you don't mind. I'm going to read some notes that I wrote down. Um, For me, personally, um, yes, with all the difficulty of the year that we've had um, together, I, um, through all those ups and downs, um, my soul has felt both uh, distance from God um, a lot and even loneliness at times, um, but I've also, at, at the same time, uh, felt nearness to the point that it was almost tangible um, to God. And um, a lot of this year has revealed to me a need for to learn the lesson of humility. Um, I've been faced with much of my own sin. <clears throat> my pride, <clears throat> excuse me, my pride has been deeply wounded. Um, my heart's been exposed for what it is more often than I would care to admit. Um, I've, it's graceless, selfish, self-focused, self-righteous, preoccupied with how others perceive me, uh, never wanting to be misunderstood or seen as unrighteous, um, and uh, not at all concerned with whether or not people are actually seeing Christ in me and through me. Um, so that's been... A uh, very hard lesson to learn, but I think without all those difficulties through this year, I would not be prepared to serve this church plant. Um, so it's very necessary to go through these difficult times. Um, I've also, because of that, found um, much of God's grace in His family working with the Patronellas and the Smiths and everybody that's come through our gospel community. Um, 
has just been so refreshing, and uh, it's just been uh, wonderful to see such godly examples um, through this whole year. Um, ultimately, through all of that, I've had my mind open to um, the depth of God's love and his mercy and his grace, not just for me, but for everyone, especially the people we're trying to serve in Waltham. And so um, what I'm most excited about is just seeing this church plant flourish in the next few years um, and just excited to see what God will do, but also knowing that God has chosen me and wants to use me through this um, is uh, just a blessing. So thank you. Good morning. Um, kind of nervous up here today. Never spoken before. But uh, I just want to tell a little bit of a story. About eight years ago, I was going through a divorce. It was a tough time in my life. I was attending a different church. I left the service and went into a prayer room and was followed by a great man named Dewey Hathaway. For the next five years, I was mentored by this gentleman every week and, and was just inspired by him. It was a lot of love and caring that he showed me at that time. He passed away maybe two years ago, leaving a, a void in, in my life and in my spiritual life. Um, I began to want to serve the church that I'd been at for 30 years instead of just being at service. Um, I found myself in Kids Town, really enjoying service sitting there. And At that time, I'd been seeking for a me- another mentor, so I'm going to fill in that gap and that one-on-one in my life. Um, unable to find it there. They had a lot of great programs, but really I wasn't able to make a connection for somebody that for one-on-one for mentorship and I continued to serve at Kids Town and just felt like I was needed someplace or wanted to be someplace where I could be more at the ground level or the, uh, at a startup church where you know I could grow with that church just the church I was at was very large and served its purpose in my life for many years and I, I loved it but I just felt a calling in my heart and prayed for that for many months six months that was on the top of my prayer list to find a mentor and maybe become part of a of a new church. And the next six months, it was part of my prayer, but no longer on the top of the list. And then a day came where I got the call. And some, you know, gentleman on the other end says, is this Frank Manzelli? I said, yeah, well, my name is Clint. And I was at a pastor's conference this weekend, and I met a friend of yours, Daniel Valley, and he said, you know, I mentioned that I was opening a church in Waltham, and he told me to call you. And I'd like to meet with you and sit down and talk to you about this. And immediately... I just felt something in my heart that this was it. This is what I'd been waiting for, and that, that call came. Met with Clint, wonderful guy. Everything just felt right. Been meeting with him for breakfast every Monday, coming to um, Seven Mile Road, just being you know enlightened and just loving this place and, and feeling at home. And I've been welcomed like a family member. Uh, I never said this to Clint yet, but he has his children calling me Uncle Frank, and that's... That's a lo- really meaningful to me and, and shows me a lot of love. I have an 11-year-old son named Lazarus, and we attended a service here several weeks ago, and a young man, he's here somewhere, and he got baptized. Brendan, I think his name was. And since then, my son's been really fired up about being baptized, and he's going to be doing that on September 17th at our Waltham opening. And this whole family and group of people has been an inspiration to me, and I hope that I can serve the church as well as the church is serving the community in this area. And God bless all of you people, and thanks for being part of this church.
So if I cry, it's kind of like a sorry, not sorry thing. <laughs> so if you don't know me, I'm Mandy Smith. I'm married to Trevor, and we have two kids here. We've been here for over, t- well, no, just under 10 years. And um, in that time, we have been loved, and we have been discipled and taught, and we have sat at your tables. Sorry. We have Sorry. I already warned everyone I was going to be a mess. Um, we have made friends here. We have been in gospel community, six gospel communities. <laughs> um, so the Lord has been very good about teaching us about multiplication and pouring into people and sending them, and that that's not a wasted thing. And I think um, outside the church, that could be seen as something like a, a waste to pour into somebody and then have them leave. But because we have Jesus and we know the gospel and we, have a, we can have a big sense of God's kingdom um, and almost a taste of heaven, because we get to send, we get to pour into people and then they leave us and we get to have a good picture of what God's doing nas- on a national level and even an international level with um, our friends in Africa. But anyway... Um, we, and some of you might know this story, but we had, we have had our hearts set on church planting, um, and about, I don't even know how many years it was, maybe five years ago, we were all set to go to Wisconsin, um, to be part of a church plant there, and, um, we just, we couldn't get jobs, (laughs) we just couldn't get out there, um, the schools, we couldn't find schools for gems, so it was just kind of like a hard no from the Lord, we we couldn't get there. Um, and so instead of that, we moved an hour away from here. And we've been driving for four years, an hour to get to you guys. Um, and an hour back. And on Kalos nights, that was four hours in the car for me. Um, so, and I don't say that to complain because the Lord has provided the energy and the stamina to do that, um, to get here to you. Um, but more so to tell you about how beautiful it is that the Lord has provided a community for us that we are 10 minutes away from. Um, the Lord provided an apartment for us to move closer to Waltham. Um, we're, yeah, we're 10 minutes away, a school for our kids to go to that's perfect for them. Um, and we get to, it's sort of coming to fruition, this plan that God had put in our hearts to be part and to aid in, um, in a church plant. So, um, and so we get to be there and be kind of on the ground running with, um, people who the Lord has given us as real friends, you know, real, real family. Um, I mean, I think it just could have as easily been people that we didn't, you know, get along with or didn't, didn't like so much, but God gave us real beautiful friends, um, um, that have just been, like Frank said, just like family um, in, in every sense, just like you guys have been to us. Um, so I just want to thank you and let you know that we will be praying for you in, up here. Um, and if you could pray for us in Waltham. Um, yeah, love you guys. Thank you.
Matt told me a while ago that you're either good at writing things and putting them on paper or speaking on the fly, and I'm better at writing, so I'm just going to read to you so that I can stay on track. So when I reflected on the past two years and prayed about what to share with y'all, I thought of so many things the Lord has done in me to um, instruct and sanctify, humble, free, and embolden me. Um, so many things that I really had a hard time narrowing down what I would share. And three things I think he made so clear that I needed to share with you guys today. The first is, the Lord is most glorified in me, in my brokenness, not in my put-togetherness. The first half of 2015 was a sweet time of seeing the doors fly completely wide open for us to move here. Every step was a clear confirmation that the Lord was in this thing and was making a way for us to step into our calling here. Everything from the abundance and financial provision and fundraising, the smooth sale of our house and major profit we made for a down payment on our house in Waltham, to the tangible support of being sent really well by our brothers and sisters at the village, and then being received so well by all of you, which I'll touch more on in a minute. Um, Suffice to say, our journey here was a rush. We were running on adrenaline and a spiritual high. Then December 2015 came. We had Evangeline, and I spiraled into the most intense postpartum anxiety I've had with any of our babies. The applause and excitement of our move here had quieted. Our first long, cold New England winter was peaking, and I felt anxiety entirely out of control. For six months, I wrestled through intense panic attacks and severe social anxiety, which is typically not a thing for me. For six months, I wrestled through, I already said that, all the while I felt the Lord near, but not making it go away. He intentionally drew me out to what felt like a desert, just me and him. And in it, he graciously disciplined me and brought me low, revealing idols of my heart and helping me see my utter need for him. There's a lot more there that I don't have time to share in this space, but the sum total of it all was the Lord is jealous for my heart and for my affection and worship, and he will do what it takes to humble me and bring me to my knees when pride and self-sufficiency and seeking the approval and praise of man gets in the way of that. He's after his glory and my good. And the second thing is the Lord is delighted in my obedience and worship in the ordinary, everyday stuff of life. So four years ago, I read a book called Ordinary, and the Lord started working this truth into my head and eventually my heart, that he desires my faithful obedience in the ordinary and the everyday stuff of life as an offering of worship to him. In this church planting journey, I'm embracing this truth more fully and living from this place. It's not the big, momentous obedience of uprooting our family from the south to the northeast to church plant in a very hard place that is most important to Jesus. It's rather the everyday faithfulness to offer my often mundane tasks as unto him. Changing diapers, home educating, preparing meals upon meals, opening doors to unbelievers and having people at our table, praying over a sink full of dishes for Clint and the work before him, for our family, for our baby church, has become a quiet, mostly unseen space of worship and the everyday ordinary obedience the Lord delights in. And the last thing is the church, the household of God, is a real, actual, beautiful family. Two years ago this month, 
we were sent by a dear group of brothers and sisters and received so well by this family. After leaving all we knew and loved behind, as well as driving 1,800 miles across the country with three children and a pregnant mama, a group of mostly strangers came to our townhouse in Stoneham and moved us in, brought us coffee and meals, and your presence. You let us settle in amongst you, loved us, supported us, prayed for us, forgave us, challenged us, and gave our family the gift of space and time to become Bostonian. I'm so grateful for each one of you and your excitement to partner in the gospel together and now to send us to start this new work in Waltham. I'm thrilled to take the DNA of Seven Mile Road to Waltham and infuse it into our baby church. We love you guys. And that's a tough act to follow. Gosh. Um, so it, uh, this October will be five years uh, since I first came to Boston um, for a, uh, a pastor's conference. And um, we had been um, praying through uh, processing uh, the call to, to church planting for, for several years that had started when I was in seminary. And just the, the Lord had closed those doors, tried to, to, to do it in various other ways, and, um, and the Lord just kind of shut that down and said, wait, be patient, um, which I'm not patient or good at waiting. And so, um, but, we, but that's, you know, what we had to do. And um, so really, wasn't on my radar, wasn't thinking about it, uh, was coming up here to, uh, to get to know and help serve City on a Hill, our friends over in Brookline. And it was on that trip that the Lord started stirring in my heart something uh, that uh, would, would just change our lives completely. And um, I remember uh, staying um, uh, an extra day past the conference um, just because I felt like the Lord wanted me to walk the city and to pray uh, and to consider uh, what he was doing. And I'll never forget walking through Boston Common calling Andy and being like, I think God may calling us to plant here. And uh, hearing her say, no, nope, I don't think. <laughs> You're not very good at hearing from the Lord. <laughs> uh, Boston sounds a lot like Austin, you know, um, in Texas where we're from. And so, um, man, that just started an amazing journey. And it's, it's surreal to me to be five years removed from that day and not knowing what was ahead of us. I'd never met Matt before. I didn't know Seven Mile Road Church existed. Um, I didn't know Waltham existed. Um, uh, didn't know any of you uh, except for her existed. And so, um, and now to be like where we are and to see what God has, has been doing um, through us um, is just astounding. And it's amazing to, to know that, um, you know, there were like, like Frank was praying for a church to be started uh, in his hometown um, that could reach uh, people that he grew up with, you know, um, and knowing that God was going before us, stirring in, uh, in, in that man's heart to see a new gospel work there. Um, you know, I think of um, Acts chapter 18, and, and Paul has just gotten beat down several times, um, and Jesus appears to him in a vision and says, uh, do not be afraid. 
but go on speaking, um, for I have many people in this city who are mine. And so I need you to go, I need you to preach the gospel, because there are people here who are my people, and I need a preacher, I need, I need a proclaimer, I need a missionary to go proclaim the good news of the gospel so I can set hearts on fire, adopt them into my family, call them my people, and to start a church. And in a lot of ways, I feel uh, like that, that, that uh, not that I'm Paul, but that there's uh, that that same calling is on our life to go to this city, to preach the gospel, to proclaim um, the beauties of Jesus Christ so that people would hear it and see it. And, um, and in seeing the beauty of Jesus forsake all other things so that they, their hands are now free to embrace um, the Lord. And that's a marvelous and beautiful thing. What I didn't expect was that God wanted to do that same kind of gospel renewal and work in my own heart and my own life as well. Because there's this principle in the scriptures that what he wants to do through you, he intends to do in you. And I'd heard that years ago, and it's really great, like it would fit nicely on a t-shirt or like a postcard or something like that. Um, But it's true. I mean, when you consider, look at who Paul was before Uh, He goes and uh, plants uh, churches, and before he's like the Apostle Paul, he's this prideful, arrogant, self-righteous man, hell-bent on bringing down the church, willing to murder, willing to do whatever it takes uh, to protect what he feels like uh, is his. And then you see Paul at the end of his life, before the Roman Empire saying, like, I forsake, I I consider all of that rubbish. I consider all of that nothing if I can have Christ. And so if that means you need to to kill me, to crucify me, go ahead. But I can't stop talking about him. And you see this transformation um, over Paul's life. And so what God wanted to do through him, he also wanted to do in him. And where I've seen that most uh, uh, plainly in my own life is, uh, really around areas of, of pride and control. So, I, so I, like, I, I, I think things should be a certain way, you know, a, a, like borderline OCD, borderline Asperger's. Like I have a very set way that I, that I think things should go. And church planting is everything but that. You know, if I could, uh, I was thinking this morning as we were getting ready to come here, uh, this is a lot like church planting trying to get um, seven people or, four, or six people ready to go in this like narrow window of time um, when it seems like in those couple of hours, um, our, our little human beings that we're taking care of just want to undo everything that you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, if you've ever tried to get a bunch of people ready for, for church and to leave the house with a smile on your face, you know, uh, it's a minor miracle uh, of God. Um, and church planning is a lot like that. I mean, there's so many things that um, you have plans. And you said, okay, I think we're, we're going to get up at this time. We're going to do it this way. Um, and then you wake up to just a different reality. And things aren't as it seemed. And that really starts to uh, weigh heavy on your heart. Because you go, okay, my plans are starting to unravel. The, the, the great strategy that I developed is, uh, is not working. And so now I'm in a place of vulnerability. Now I have to, now I have, now those, that theology of do I really believe that God is in control and that he has this and he has us and he's going to do his will. Do I really believe that? Because now, now my faith is getting tested and strained 
And now I have to ask, do I, would I rather it be God's way or my way? And that's a battle in the heart. And that war has been waging on in my own heart. And to be honest with you, um, I'm, I'm still in it. Like this is, this is me processing this verbally out loud in real time. Where daily I'm coming across these struggles of, of, of expectations or uh, visions of how I wanted something to be or where I thought we might be at a, at a certain point. And I'm having to wrestle through, do I trust God? Do I really believe that, um, that he has us, that he's going to take care of us, that his plans are really actually better um, than my plans? And that... that that chaos, that storm, that war, um, that's all going on in my heart. And it's really a daily battle of who am I going to trust? Who am I going to uh, believe? Is it going to be me and my will and my way, or is it going to be um, the Lord's? And, you know, I, I wish I could say, well, you know, that, that battle is over, and we've processed it, and here I am ready to, to go for launch, and we're ready to go. But that's, that's happening right now, real time. Um, and, I, and I believe that he is going to continue um, that good work. But, but I wanted you to hear that, um, that, the, that lead pastors are not perfect people. We are in process uh, just like everybody else. And the same um, fears that you have, the same um, wrestles that you have, the same um, sin that so easily entangles, it, it, it's all right here too. Um, and yet God is faithful that uh, he is completing the good work that he started um, when, I was, uh, when I was saved as a 15-year-old boy, and he's still showing himself faithful year in and year out to complete that work, to bring new mercies uh, to my heart, and, um, and it's an amazing thing. And so um, thank you for the way Andy covered everything that I really wanted to say. Thank you for the way that you showed up um, as family. I mean, I, uh, one of the more, more beautiful pictures, and uh, I, don't, I don't think Margaret's here today, but um, when we had to send um, Evangeline to Tufts for the uh, neo care that she needed at the time, and I was driving there by myself, you know, the, the, the person I wanted to be um, in that waiting room when I busted through the doors was my mom. Um, but she was 1,800 miles away and couldn't be there. But when I opened up those doors, there was Margaret Cruz right there to hold me and to, we could cry together. Um, and she was my mother in that moment. And, and it was just this tangible feeling of family, um, the family of God being um, not just enough, but more than enough. Um, and and there's, there's lots of stories like that I could tell. And so we just want to say thank you for the way that you have um, received us um, and, and, and now are, are sending us out. Um, but I also want to um, encourage you um, as, the, as this church here in Melrose that... Um, like Matt said, I just want to echo, um, yes, I think you all, like, check in the box, great members. This is, an, this is a fantastic church. I just want to encourage you and challenge you to um, see this city the way God sees it. For there are still many in this city and in the, in the towns surrounding the city who are God's people. And they, they just need someone to show them through their life and through their words, and by the way that they uh, move towards them with gospel love, um, that Jesus is real, and he really can bring hope and joy and peace. And to not forget the name that we have here at Seven Mile Road. You remember that story in Luke 24? The disciples are um, leaving Jerusalem. They've just seen their best friend die, 
and they're dejected and they're despondent, without hope, um, despairing. And it says that the, the road from Jerusalem to Damascus was seven miles long. And so you just imagine them walking down that road, recounting the events from the weekend, and they're just broken by it. All their hopes and dreams of what could have been have been shattered. But on that road, who do they meet? They meet Jesus. And it's on that road that they have their eyes open to the fullness of God, the plan from the beginning to bring not just freedom from Roman uh, uh, captivity, but freedom from sin and death itself. And so this tiny hope, this tiny dream of theirs is actually not only restored, but made large beyond their wildest dreams. And they leave there running and rejoicing, going back to Jerusalem to tell everybody of what had happened. And so our hope as a family of churches is that these, these roads that are being built all throughout Greater Boston will be filled with disciples who, are, who have hope restored, who have joy restored, who are um, um, moving towards others to tell them about what God has done um, in their lives. And so I hope that in sending us, there'll be this renewed sense of vigor to go and do likewise um, in and among the people who God um, has given you influence and relationship. And so um, it'll, be, it, it'll be a while uh, before we're, we're back here uh, on these uh, floors and worshiping with you. But know that um, week in, week out, as our families are gathering in their local joints, um, that we are uh, coming together as one uh, awesome big church family. Um, and, I, and I couldn't have uh, written a better story um, for our lives. Um, we couldn't be more excited to be a part of this family. So if you're going to Waltham, I think that's a seven of you this morning. Will you come up to the front so that we can formally commission you together? Whoever's our early adopter tech geek, will you get your unbelievable phone out and just make sure we get a picture of this? Okay, we got a camera going in the back. So we see in scriptures that this is a beautiful example and um, that we get to commission and send because the Holy Spirit intends for the mission of God to advance and we get to be a part of that together. So we're going to do that now. Um, Frank, I know you are pumped up about Waltham. Um, As excited as that may be, it's less excited than we are to have met you. And for you to be giving yourself to to these guys personally and to this work. So we're just so thrilled about that. Uh, Trevor and Mandy, in Hebrews, he encourages the saints of the church. Respond to your leaders in a way that it's not a, a burden for them. I mean, why would you want to make that hard? Their work is already so hard. I'm telling you, if I had a pen and I had to write down who has done that awesome in the life of seven mile in the last 10 years, you guys would be right on that list, Um, just so full of humility and faith and bendability and love, and I just, we're going to miss you deeply, Um, but you've served us well, yeah. Uh, Jeremy and Liana, you guys are awesome. You know how sometimes your kids are this tall and then they wake up in a month and all of a sudden they're this tall? That's what it's been like to watch Jeremy this year. 
Um, they arrived here, like they were saying, ragged and on the front edge of something crazy. Um, we spent the year together doing the, the ox track, and uh, you've grown up like 10 years in one. And uh, I can't wait to see what the Lord does with you in this church. And, and if he's gracious in a church that we'll get to plant together down the road. Um, but thanks for your effort there. Um, and Clint, I mean, you guys just dropped out of the sky at a time and we were saying, Lord, we want to plant churches and we don't know how to do this, so help us. And sometimes the Lord just has to like give you just a perfect, perfect, perfect gift, fits perfect, looks right, and that's what he did for you. Um, so thanks for being willing to say yes to that. We would do anything for you to see you healthy and, and thriving. Um, and are just rejoicing in Jesus' grace to us through you. So when we pray now, we're going to pray for faith, because you need it. We're going to pray for humility, because you're dead without it. Um, And we're going to pray for unity, because as beautiful as this gets, that's how beautiful others will say, i got to be in on whatever that is. All right, would you stand for us, with us, and we'll pray and commission these guys together. All right, Father, we lay hands on this team and the others who have already committed to do this work. We echo what has been said. You're for our holiness, so you will discipline us. You will break us. You will bring us to the absolute end of ourselves so that you can step in and be who you are and only who you are. I do not know the names of the men and the women who are deep in dark sin right now in Waltham. But I pray that you would show up by the power of your spirit, kick the gates of those prisons open through the gospel of Christ. Win them to yourself. Grow a beautiful, godly, humble, unified, strong church in there. This cannot happen without a massive dispensation of your grace. So I pray that you would be kind to us in that way. That the glory and the fame and the wonder Christ, who is risen from the dead, would be sounded clear in that city. Would you hear our prayer for this next year, next summer when we gather together? Would you give us great stories of how you have showed up? Hear my prayer for these things and answer our prayer. Amen.